All right. And welcome, everybody, to another Friday Labs Open Office Hour. And this week, we're joined by Matt Bach. Um, we have some really cool stuff to talk about today because Adobe Max just ended, and that means all kinds of cool stuff that new and fancy and uh, a lot of fun actually to play with. Because if you've uh, if you've looked at our Twitter lately, uh, Matt was having a, a little goof uh, earlier, so uh, I'm really excited. Um, but as always, Matt, give a little introduction: who you are, what you do, just in case anybody doesn't already know. Sure. All right. So I'm uh, Matt Buck. I'm on the labs team. So we do a lot of hardware and software testing uh, to kind of figure out like what the right combination is between the two because software is all different. It all uses hardware differently, um, even between like Photoshop and Lightroom. Very different or Premiere Pro and After Effects. Um, and my specialty area is like content creation. Think uh, video and photo. So mm-hmm. a lot of the Adobe suite and then um, software that kind of does, you know, in the same vein. So like um, DaVinci Resolve is a good example. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, Adobe Max just finished. It was a weird Adobe Max this year because it was all virtual. It wasn't right. in person. And man, I miss seeing people, but I know it was the right thing to do and all that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, th- this year was... I don't know. I felt like the updates this year were like a much bigger deal. A lot of really, really cool stuff. Stuff that they've been leading up to for years mm-hmm. is finally like here. And so much of it is about like AI and making your job easier and really cool. There's, there's also some really good performance improvements that we'll talk about. But yeah, like it, it feels like it's really the birth of AI um, yeah. in like a lot of the Adobe stuff. As far as like, I mean, there's been a cool. whole bunch that they've had, but it was very kind of in the background. Like, mm-hmm. Content-aware fill was a big thing last year, and like, yeah, that's AI, but you, I, I don't know. It just didn't feel as in your face. Yeah. And now they're just like, hey, let's look, make someone look old. Yeah, it's right? a button. Or, or like, amazing, well, it's cool. And then like being able to kind of turn somebody's head a little yeah. bit or change where they're looking. Yeah, that, like, that's like I, apparently that's a big deal with like photo shoots. Like someone will be looking either right at the camera and they're not supposed to be or will be looking just to the side and they want them to be looking at the camera and as long oh. as it's like if it's too much like, yeah they're yeah, not it's gonna look weird rotating their head yeah. totally to I the mean, side it but... can't make well i was gonna say it can't make information out of nothing but it kind of can with ai kind of <laughs> but uh the, the more it has to change it the weirder it's gonna look right um and you know a lot of this stuff i would say like it does really really well but it's not 100 percent. like it'll get you to like I don't know, three quarters of the way there. It'll get out all the like starting points. And then that's where it comes down to the skill of like the actual user of making it look perfect. Right. It's not going to be perfect. Yeah. So, well, I guess that's a, that's a great intro. So, um, I guess to start, what was, what do you think was the coolest, the most exciting announcement that uh, Adobe had Um, this year? Coolest to me or coolest to like people who actually do this work every day? Uh, let's let's go for the the customer angle, the people who do this every day. Um, so I think one of the I don't know if it'd be coolest, but I say one of the best things um, is for video editors actually in, in Premiere. Okay. Um, they added a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, have tried to have the like new what's new stuff in here, and like they added a whole bunch of really cool stuff like. Uh, support for Rec 2100 color spaces and stuff. But like, sure. yeah, for the people who that matters, that's amazing. For everyone else, it's like, cool. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think the biggest thing is they added GPU decoding. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And people might have seen, I think it's unlisted on our YouTube page, but it's on the Adobe Video um, YouTube, YouTube mm-hmm. uh, account. 
Uh, we did a whole video about GPU decoding, and like it's so good. Yeah, it's like really, really good. Because uh, before this, I don't want to get too much into it because someone could just like watch the video. Maybe sure. we can toss a link in at some point. Um, but before this, you could do it with Intel QuickSync, but that limited you to like mid-range CPUs. Right now that we have GPU decoding, you can get an AMD system, you can get a Xeon, you can get an X series, you can get anything, and like now you can get really good performance. Is that going to make a um, now that you can offload all that stuff to GPU? Is that do you think that's going to make a big splash for AMD? Like people can move oh, yeah. over to like Threadripper and stuff. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons why we've been um, staying on the 10900K on our own premier systems, at least on the like, lower end, is because it was massively better for people working with H.264 and HEPC, which is, mm. like, I mean, at the very high-end cool. professional, like, it's not as big of a deal because they'll be working in ProRes or RAWs. But for, like, 90% of people using Premier, right. like, yeah, that's a huge deal. And now yeah. they can get something like, yeah, yeah, a Ryzen CPU, which, I mean, Right now, yeah, are a little bit better, but we also have a launch in, I don't know, a couple of weeks or whatever, right. the 5000 series. And like, it, AMD says it's supposed to be, what was it, like a 19% IPC increase? So like, well, I've heard that tossed around, yeah. Something like that. So like a 20% performance Whoa. bump is what AMD is saying. And, you know, it's always going to be different in apps. And mm. So like, we'll see what it actually is. But still, like, yeah, we're, it'll be really interesting if like we don't have any Intel-based systems for Premiere anymore because now that reason to have it is kind of gone. The only, I so. suppose, the only thing would be Thunderbolt, right? That seems to be still kind of a yeah. sticky, a sticky point. Uh, I think we're actually close to having a B550 motherboard qualified up with Thunderbolt, and Ooh. it actually works. Oh, <laughs> hey, pipe. <laughs> That like we found on AMD platforms that works and is actually certified by Intel because Intel owns Thunderbolts and all that and it's actually certified and it actually works. Wow! Uh, so it looks like we're going to be moving to that pretty soon. We hope. The, the weird thing with that is by going to B550, I think you get less PCIe lanes. Um, I don't. You don't get the overclocking stuff, but who cares? We don't do that. Yeah. I think there, there's something else, but like it's it's a little bit more sticky. Um, but. But I do want to show, okay, so we're talking about GPU decoding. Yeah. I actually have a demo. We can show this. Okay. Uh, if you don't mind, nope. you're ready for me to ready. share screen. Let me see here. And there we go. Hopefully that's There working. it is. Yep. Good. All right. So this is actually great because I'm going on a live stream next week, I think on Wednesday with Jason Levine, Ooh. which anyone who knows Adobe stuff knows Jason Levine. So I'm super excited about that one. That's going to be and so much fun. we some of those too on there. So this is a good test run. Um, so what I have here is I have, uh, this is the latest version of Premiere Pro, the one that just updated yesterday. Okay. And then just so I can, I have the, the beta. I'm not using it for any beta stuff, but I just have it for, um, shoot, some here, preferences, media. I just have it and I just have uh, hardware decoding turned off. So I'm not using Intel, I'm not using NVIDIA. My system has both. Um, so it's turned off basically on this right one. Okay. Um, and so there's a couple of things like uh, scrubbing. So you can see like it's kind of choppy, just trying Whoa. to scrub. And this is uh, from a DJI Mavic. So it's HEVC actually in this case. Okay. Versus this guy. It's just like great. Yeah. So there's a lot other like cool stuff like uh here we'll take this one this clip later on and i'm just going to use jknl so j is reverse so i'll uh -huh. just hit j and it's it, it's technically playing <laughs> i haven't stopped it yet it's you know it's chunking along so like it's trying that's you, you can't you can't edit with that but then we'll go to gpu accelerated decoding 
Okay, did that even stop? Yeah, I did. Okay, so we'll go to the GPU accelerator decoding. I'll hit reverse. Look at that. It's going Ooh. in reverse. I can go to 2x reverse. It still go good. I can go in forward. I can go up to like 4x and forward. I can go in reverse. That's pretty cool. So, like, it's really, really, really good. Like, the performance is amazing. Yeah. So, it's, it's, um, that's a pretty big deal. And I mean, the, the video that we have out, we did, uh, footage from a DJI Mavic. We had some from a GoPro, mm-hmm. um, and from an iPhone, which, <laughs> You can tell the footage that I shot at the office versus <laughs> the footage that our videographer shot. <laughs> but like, that's so good. Like scrubbing yeah. everything versus, you know, having no, none. What's, what's extra funny, the when you're scrubbing on the, the right-hand one, the, the I guess the bad one, your audio gets a little scraggly too. Oh yeah, that's true. Cause, I, cause that's using my CPU. It's chunking um, it really. probably even see. <laughs> Like, oh, here, okay, I'll, I'll do this. So, like, scrubbing around, yeah, 50% of my CPU. Yeah, wow. And only 23% of my GPU. Now, if I go to the other one, scrub around, it's using 50% of my CPU and, I don't know, 80% of my GPU. That's... So, it's just offloading all of that onto the GPU. Nice. It's amazing. Because the CPU is going to be used for so much more stuff in the background. Like, right. I mean, even right now, like just because of the stream, I'm using, what is it, a third of my, my CPU power. And like, yeah, now it's not needed for that. That's cool. There, I'll, I'll, I'll stop share so we can, people can actually see us, not just like see my screen. But but yeah, like, so that's really, really, really cool. Like, that's a I massive improvement. Yeah. I feel like I feel like that's going to help a lot of the, some of the kind of more hobbyists or like prosumer. Um, I feel like YouTubers and stuff will have a much, or like kind of those mid-range YouTubers and whatnot. Um, they'll just have a much easier time editing videos yeah, you and know, stuff. It's, it's going to help everyone because like yeah. on the low end, yeah, because one is a whole lot easier to upgrade your video card. Oh yeah. Like if you've got a really old system, it, tossing in a video card is usually pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Upgrading your CPU. Well, that's a CPU, motherboard, RAM, maybe power supply, right. like OS reinstall because it's a new motherboard. Like, no, it's a huge amount of pain. Does it matter what video card? Are they all uh, about the same? We, we did. Um, so when the AMD video card launched, which is the big Navi or whatever, right. that's when we're going to be redoing all of our GPU testing. And we should be able okay. to see that then because uh, we'll be updating to the new version of Premiere Pro and all that jazz. So we should be able to see then how it kind of like scales between um, kind of. Um, our benchmarks don't really test um, like a lot of the stuff that it is really good for, like scrubbing sure. performance. We don't test in our benchmark. JK and L editing, we don't test in our benchmark because um, Premiere, like the, the SDK kind of freaks out and it gives you really <laughs> weird results if you huh. go in more than 1x speed for whatever reason. Like okay. it'll say you've dropped more frames than exist in your sequence. So weird. We, that's why we don't okay. test that. All right. <laughs> Well, um, maybe maybe we could do another video, just to kind yeah, of show. Might. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, no matter what, it, it's it's a big difference. And like, yeah, yeah, like I said, the low end people are going to benefit. But honestly, I think the high end people are going to benefit just as much. I mean, the people who really want Threadripper because they work with 8K red footage. Oh. They sure. still have to deal with H.264 and HEVC all the time, hmm. even in some of those same projects, because like they'll get drone shots, so they'll get in the car shots with oh. the GoPro. Um, that and makes like, sense before like they would just it, it'd be worse to edit that h264 media than it was to edit the ak red stuff wow but now 
it's good for both. Awesome. Oh, that's cool to hear. Yeah, right on. Just yeah. make everything, everybody's life so much easier. Yeah. That's mean, cool. Anytime we can say that if you spend more money, it'll be better for everything. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. When you have to say like, yeah, you can spend more money, but it'll be better for this, but worse for this. Right. Oh, that oh. sucks. <laughs> yeah. Then, like people are spending money and they're having to make like decisions on where to give up performance. When you don't have to give up performance anywhere, everyone wins. That's yeah. That's a good way of putting it. I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah. Cause like, yeah. Awesome. That's yeah. pretty cool. So, uh, anything else in video editing that stands out? Uh, in, in like premiere, um, not as much. Like they added better support for ProRes RAW, which I still still don't know of any cameras that shoot in ProRes RAW. Honestly, I'd ex- I expect ProRes RAW to just like disappear at some point. Like I don't oh. know why it's being pushed so heavily because nothing. I've never heard of anyone edit editing with ProRes RAW. Huh. Um, let's see. That's pretty much Premiere. After Effects got a whole bunch of cool stuff though, and that's not kind of video. Yeah, Although yeah. we still still get people asking like, oh yeah, I'm editing videos in, in After Effects and I need better performance. It's like, it's going to suck no matter what. After Effects is not made to edit videos. Yeah, that's interesting. But I mean, it's also you can edit videos in Photoshop. You also couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, so the cool thing in, in After Effects, I think, is they added... Um, well, they improved a whole bunch of 3D stuff, so people doing any 3D transforms and 3D scenes. Yeah. Uh, but the big thing I think is they um, finally got Roto Brush 2 um, put out, and I think Roto Brush was a part of the sneaks, like my first Adobe Max. Okay. And now we're on version two. So, I know what that means, but just yeah. in case, what is Roto Brush? Here, I'll just show. Oh like, yeah, more screen. showing. I can just show. Demos are so much fun. Demos are fun. I like demos. Okay. Oh, look, it's you. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. You have to look at me anyway. I just, this is the video I had. But, <laughs> uh, so this is actually our GPU decoding video for Premiere. I just grabbed a really short bit out of it. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a VFX artist. I'm not a motion graphics person. So this is not going to be like that great. But basically, I want to present a situation here that, you know, I would rather this wasn't my background. Um, I, I want this actually to be somewhere else. <gasps> um, I want to be outside or whatever. But hey, we didn't film on a green screen. So how do I do it? And normally what you would have to do is you'd grab your pen tool, you come in here and you like manually go through and you know trace someone out. And then you'd go to the next frame and you oh. have to move them, each Fr- one. Frame by frame? Every frame. And, and that's what you would do. And that's how you, that's how you- um, That's rotoscope. rotoscope Man, called. that's nuts. So now though, we can just grab the Rotobrush 2 up here, go into the layer. And it's kind of like um, Photoshop where you can do like, it's like the smart lasso or whatever. You uh-huh. basically just say like, yeah, this is all me. Like include that. And then you got it, you know, you go a couple of times like, nope, this isn't me. Nope, this isn't me. Nope. Yes. Oh, okay. And, it, and it'll automatically try, try to find the edges. And like this down here. And basically all what we can do is I can just hit, uh, it's paid down, go to the next frame. I can see like, it's just, it's tracking me. Hey. I can even hit play and it will automatically track every frame. And like, that's, that's amazing. Now yeah. this one isn't moving all that much, but like still like not having to adjust like around my head and everything is really, really cool. 
Um, so then what you would do is you'd hit freeze. I'm not going to, well, whatever, I can hit yeah, it. Yeah, why not? It goes through again, <laughs> and it actually is, like, freezing each one of those, so we don't have to sit here. Oh, okay. I went ahead and hey. had it done ahead of time. Okay. And so you can see, like, now I'm wow. all cut out, and I can do something like, um, I want to be outside. Oh, I'm still in the... Hey, there you are. I want to be outside. I'm now at Mount Rainier. <laughs> That's or cool. Or you can do something like... Uh, here, I want to be at Adobe Max. I'm, I'm presenting at Adobe Max from last year. Wow. Or something. And I'm like, obviously, this is terrible. I, this isn't the right size or, or anything because I'm just covering Jason Levy in there. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's close enough. It's good enough for a demo. And so, like, yeah, and, and that took me, like, two or three minutes. And, like, it's not perfect, but you can go in here and you can feather the edges more. You can adjust things. And, like, that's – but that's pretty good for me who has no real experience rotoscoping like i just told it what is me and cut me out wow that's amazing that's oh cool that's yeah man i've never uh that's that is really neat wow it's it's gonna be a massive time saver and and again i think this is one of those ones where like it's not gonna be perfect Sure. It's going to get you most of the way there, and then you have to go in and you have to just adjust some points yeah. rather than having to adjust all of the points. Yeah, and holy cow, just just the time of not having to go frame by frame, and and mm-hmm. that's that's yeah. crazy. Like if if you watch like the credits of any recent movie, uh, and you actually like see all the people who are going by once they get to like the VFX stuff, right? You'll see them. They'll often be like hundreds of people where their whole thing is just rotoscoping. That's all they did for like the entire movie is wow. they just like went in there and point, 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 point. And could you imagine, cause you got your, I mean, I guess for a film it's 24.95 or whatever frames per second, but mm-hmm. it's an hour and a half film, you know, mm-hmm. 90 minutes, that's 3,600 seconds. I think no, I think I did the math wrong on that, but either way, that's a lot. It's a lot of seconds. Yeah. It's a lot of frames. It's it's insane. It's, it's about one hundred thirty thousand frames for a ninety-minute video. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I could just and so something like this, and especially for people who aren't skilled. Um, and, and that's what I think a big thing is for a lot of this stuff is it's it allows. It's like the barrier to entry is so much lower. Yeah. So you can just like paint this area and mm-hmm. let the computer figure it out for you. Like think about the people who are in like high school or middle school or even elementary school now who are like getting into, you know, video or VFX. Like that super lowers the barrier. So they don't yeah. have to sit there and meticulously trace something out for days. They can get something that's 95% as good as a professional. Right. And just move on. Do the stuff that they want to do. That's exciting. Just the 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 possibilities of the, the content that we could see from you know just more I suppose amateur I guess um, mm-hmm. hobbyists and stuff is going to be that's great. That's super cool. Now part of that demo um, was freezing. It was going through the frames. Um, what would make that uh, faster? Uh, I don't. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> That's right. not something we've really tested. Well, here, I, I can. What I can do, uh, I'll just do this off screen, so we don't won't have to like talk about it. But here, I'll, what I'll do, um, We're live benchmarking right here. It, yep. Well, I'm gonna just look at like the um, 
system load. I, I suspect it's going to be pretty single-threaded, although it's AI, so it's probably using the GPU, too. I would, I would think. Or it's, like, already, like, a lot of that might be like already done i suppose i'm not sure how like adobe sensei and all that works if it's local and and has to crunch it brand new every time or yeah so oddly it doesn't even okay my cpu load went up a little bit gpu went up a little bit but i don't i don't it looks like it might be single threaded and it's just bouncing around the cores so uh you're you're gonna be looking for something that has better per core performance okay which honestly like so many almost all of the cpus these days have like almost oh. identical core performance so threadripper ryzen intel and eh, it's all gonna be about the same that's cool so uh well that just means that like yeah i don't really need to spend money on something if this is something you want to go faster because it's just gonna be like x series will be slower than everything else because it's a little bit older right but and probably the new AMD stuff that'll be launching will be a little bit faster. But okay. it's basically just the newer the generation of the CPU, the faster it's going to be then. Nice. Well, let's see. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, don't forget, you guys, you get the audience, you guys can ask questions too, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Any questions about any of this stuff or uh, I don't know if you wanted clarification on any of the stuff. Cause sure. We're going to be trying to go... We're already 20 minutes in. We're already yeah. a third row way through. Yeah. It goes fast, man. It really does. My favorite thing so far has been the the neural thing from Photoshop. Um, neural filters? Yeah, that was and fun. Guess what? I have a demo. The, <laughs> which is super great. I love, I love, I think this will be a really good one after the fact as well. So uh, more yeah. demos is good. Oh, oh, who, okay. Who's this? Uh, this is not a real person. No way. Yeah, th- this is from um, here. Whoop. And you can see this. This, this person does not oh. exist.com. Yeah, yeah. So this is all AI generated. You just refresh, it gives you a new person. Mm-hmm. So this way, you don't have to care about, like, Whoa, that guy's eyeball. permission to use photos. <laughs> That's crazy. So I just went on here. I hit refresh a couple of times to, to find a couple uh, photos. And so this one, this, old, this lady, it's uh, actually a, a, a trick here. She's actually really old old oh so i already had a neuro filter applied to make her look younger wow and i'm curious how many people actually looking at that even thought that anything was weird with this first of all it's an ai generated person yeah and two i was making the ai generated older person younger (laughs) that's only only having since you swapped back and forth the hair looks a little fuzzy yeah well and also interesting she lost her um uh the oh her uh, earrings yeah her earrings the earrings got so probably the ai couldn't figure out what that was and just took them out (laughs) huh so there's that one there's this this guy which again this one he was younger and i made him look a bit older and so like oh neat that's pretty cool it even makes like the hair a bit grayer i think this one i turned down the hair thickness because there's a whole bunch of different things you can do uh, but we can also have some fun with a. Hey, hey who's that? I, I don't know how old of a picture this is. This has to be like five or six years old. Actu- actually, no. This is the most recent um, of- official uh, photograph of me for the from the company. Uh, I want to say 2018. Hmm. Yeah. I, okay. I I asked John to put it back to my my scientist picture after taking this one. Gotcha. Okay. Well, this was just the high res one that I could find on. Our, so all you got to do is you just go up to filter, and there's neural filters, 
And like, there's there's some cool stuff. There's like skin smoothing and style transfer, which maybe we'll look at here in a second. Um, but the big thing are these beta filters. Oh. And yeah, there's some really cool stuff. There's like colorizing if it's black and white. Oh. Um, these ones actually aren't there. You can like vote to say like, yes, I really want that. Like you guys should work on that. Okay. Uh, makeup transfer, I tried to get working and I couldn't get working. It's supposed to like transfer like makeup from one photo to another. Okay, <laughs> okay. really work well, but you know, whatever. These are beta. But uh, all you do is you just turn it on and say we want to make your age old. Um, one interesting thing, uh, I'm not sure because this might be kind of small, but it says this filter processes image data in the cloud. Oh. So it's actually using the cloud to do a lot of this. Okay. Um, some, some local, because you can see here, like my CPU is a little bit loaded. My GPU is a little bit loaded. Um, just the stream is probably around 20% on both. Sure. So, uh, but... So now hey. we've already got kind of a, and the cool thing is once it does that initial processing, it actually goes pretty fast. So like, make you young, and like it does skin smoothing, it does all this other stuff. But like, let's work on making you a, a grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's emotion sliders. <laughs> Things get a little weird if you like mix different emotions. So now you're oh. really unhappy and grumpy. Weird. So we can make you a happy. I, I noticed too that it doesn't really know what to do with like my beard. It, like yeah, it, it, it very much faces only, and it, it like feathers it out. So like your hair up here didn't change a whole bunch, but like it, you're, you're losing your hair. Oh. And like if you go too far, you can really see that edge. Hey, that's funny. Where it was. Uh, no. Yeah, I'm a little bit. I the, wish, like they went out, but this is very focused on the face. Okay, so that that you can't adjust that box. No, no. Okay. I, oddly, there's like a hand here. At least not that I can find. I mean, this only came out like yesterday. Right. So, <laughs> um, but you can see like how different. Like that's what you're gonna look like in a while. But like you're saying, uh, the gaze. I can make you look more over here. Uh, so you're way over there. <laughs> way over there so you can move kind of where people are looking just a little bit um you can even turn their head you know maybe i should turn off the uh because it's probably getting really confused with all this other stuff yeah so just head direction um like that's not too bad do i have something else on no just that so it definitely isn't perfect right you can do small adjustments and you know it's not too bad. Again, like we'd have to fix this afterwards and all that jazz. Uh, the light direction I think is really cool too. So the light is very heavy on the left here, and like we can just it'll brighten up this side so it looks like oh you know, yeah maybe a more balanced. Or we can do super heavy light just on the left and make it even worse. <laughs> That's cool. But like yeah, again, it's really cool. So yeah, grumpy old Houston. Let's Love do it. There we go. Grumpy old Houston. What's who I'm also very surprised. <gasps> Let's see what this. Oh, no. okay. My ears got bigger. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But yeah, and then you can just do great. Okay, and you can keep these as a smart filter, so you can even go back in afterwards and change it. Like oh. if I don't want you to be quite so grumpy, we can come here and turn down the grump. That's great. And then there we go. We've got an old Houston. And the other thing I would probably do after this, because, yeah, it doesn't know about your beard, is um, this is just a – I just turned down the saturation to make it more gray. 
and just paint on a mask. Sure. So like, that's pretty darn good. That, that's, that's awesome. That's yeah. so cool. Like, like this looks like a person. No. I'm curious how much it looks like your dad. Honest to goodness, the the eye space, it, it is very... It is it's spooky. Like if it, it, yeah. If you were just looking at the the eye area, that is uncanny. Like, cause my dad, like my dad's like seventy this year, and that, honest to goodness, that's pretty dang close. Yeah, so it's it's pretty cool what it what it can do. Uh, the other part, there's there's other things in there too. Um, there are uh, neural filters for like. Um, so this has been something that like. Oh, uh oh, uh oh, you're you're tweaking out there. Hang on. Whoa. Oh. Hold on, I had to mute you. Your audio started wigging out. It sounds it sounds like a there's like a wood chipper nearby. Your I think your RTX voice might be freaking out. I can't. So I, I I muted you for the stream. Give us a moment here. You guys some technical difficulties, but also Matt in the Zoom it, um you're you're gone as audio at least. There we go. That's better. All right, let's unmute. There you go. So We're I back. Wonder, that was I, fun. I had this issue before, and I wonder if there's a conflict between some of these neural filters and NVIDIA Broadcast. Okay. Because when I was using NVIDIA Broadcast, I mean, NVIDIA Broadcast is using my GPU, and those neural filters are using the GPU. So I wonder if there's, yeah. Although, right now, to me, you're just a green screen. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, there you are. Hey, there we go. <laughs> That's cool. Um, let me see if I can turn back on NVIDIA Broadcast for my... Nope. We're gonna really quickly read <laughs> media broadcast, and we're not gonna do that demo again. Okay, <laughs> because um, I've got kids here, and if I don't turn on Nvidia broadcast very soon, there's gonna be yelling and screaming. All right, <laughs> everyone is gonna hear. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the the fun parts of live broadcasting. Yeah, well, and with stuff that's like in beta, they have those beta neuro filters mm-hmm. in the like production build of Photoshop. It must be stable enough. They're probably it's probably data gathering. Honestly, they just yeah. want more well, people to use them. Yeah. Well, and Photoshop is is odd. Like, um, so a lot of the video stuff. So Premiere, After Effects, and I want to say like Illustrator and Media Encoder. Uh, they have public betas now. So just in Creative Cloud, you can just download the beta mm. and start testing stuff. Which okay. Is awesome because one, they can get all of their like testing from the wide wider people. Because I mean. Even as big as Adobe is, they can't test every combination of hardware and software and old drivers and whatever weird antivirus you're running or whatever. <laughs> um, so, like, it's great to be able to do that, and they have to do that, but they're not using the end users who, like, are concerned about stability right. as their guinea pigs at Microsoft. Um, <laughs> it, it's great. So, But Photoshop, they're not doing that quite yet. I don't think they're on that, that uh, public beta kind of stuff. So... Um, hopefully they will be soon though because yeah. the other cool thing that does is it allows us to talk about anything we want because anything oh. that's in beta heck we can do performance testing and be like yeah it's in beta but let's look at it sure and 
there's no NDAs it's, to worry about or anything. That makes sense. That'd be cool. Well, one day, I'm sure. Yeah, so, oh yeah, I know. They, they've even said that that's their intention uh, long term. It's just, I, I get why it takes time to kind of roll out that stuff because that means that like the Photoshop team has to be able to um, have two installs of Photoshop side by side because like oh, if you sure. install any of these public beta apps, they install side by side so you can right. go back and forth between them. So did that did that break t- t- terribly enough to where we can't see the sky replacement? Um, we can try. <laughs> I, could, yeah, because sky replacement is different. Okay. Let's try. Let's try. All right. Um, where's it? Okay, I'm going to do another screen share. Right. <laughs> if this breaks this time, we're done with this demo. <laughs> uh, so I'm not going to worry about the, the neural filters. In fact, actually, I already did one. So you can see this. This was a different one that I did oh. a narrow filter of. Like I forget what painting style it is, um, but you can kind of just see the difference. I think this was somewhere by the Gold Coast in Australia, and like it just makes it look like a painting. So yeah. a lot of these like um, neuro filters for um, this kind of thing. What is it called? Style transfer. Right. I'm not quite sure what the actual like professional use is. Like they're cool to play with. I'm not sure what the actual use is, but yeah. I'm also not very artistic, so sure. <laughs> you know. Uh, but for the the, the sky replacement, um, I have to remember how to do this. I believe you just do. Oh, I looked this up right ahead of time, and now I don't remember. Uh, it was image. Oh shoot! Now, now I'm looking at myself like I don't sky. That. No, that just selects the sky. Okay, we're going to okay. do the good old uh, Google. To the Google. Sky replacement. Google will get it right. Did you mean... Um, hmm. Let's see here. Sneak there we go. Okay. Okay, okay. This is the video I actually checked. Okay, here we go. Uh, so, oh, oh, oh. Where were you? Oh, Edit. Sky replacement. Okay. I saw it. We're back. Edit. Uh, there, it is. there it is. Things aren't always where I would expect them to be. Right. Um, so you just get this window. You just select like what kind of sky. So like, say I, I wanted more clouds, you know, on this picture. I wanted it just to be a little bit more moody. Huh. Um, so you can select whichever one you want. Um, you can do a shift edge. So like if you had like, these are actually pretty clean edges, but if you had some sort of like leaves that were really, um, almost kind of translucent um you can change like the brightness of the sky to kind of match the photo so like yeah that would look bad (laughs) like a little bit lighter probably makes sense with this photo probably a little bit more like i don't know blue to kind of just match the hue um you can change the scale of the clouds big clouds and like this is just a uh image um on the background so you can have whatever images you want in, in the background or to use your own like you can make your own because Ooh. um game here so then it just makes a folder and there's just the different skies and these ones if i wanted to like i can just hit Control t so you can just kind of see that like this is just a picture oh neat a picture of sky and so, so you could put me in the sky i could put you in the sky <laughs> Uh, but then you can still adjust all these things because all of these are just like normal, you know, adjustment oh, just like layers. A, oh, that's pretty cool. 
or like I could decide like oh, I'd really rather this be more like here. I think that well, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, think of it like that. And like now I have, I went from a totally pure blue sky to a clouds and like this isn't quite right like this this cloud is too big to be behind the mountain and stuff like that so like yeah this this isn't the right sky replacement to really use for this demo but whatever like um it it, it just does it really well and it gets all around like all of the trees and stuff and like if there's a person i saw a demo yesterday during adobe max from um oh i forget his name uh pix imperfect he's one of the guys that like i'm gonna go back to cameras uh, Pix and Perfect is one of the guys that I watch, like just his Photoshop tutorials. Even though I'm not like using Photoshop every day, because he's such a good like presenter. Oh, and neat. He, okay. Just the chase, like most of his tutorials are like five minutes, so it's really cool to see. Like, here's a really cool thing you can do in Photoshop in five minutes. And he did one of these sky replacements, but it was someone holding like a like a translucent cloth, like a big veil that was streaming out behind him. Uh huh. And her, sorry. And uh, he made it so that like you just you could see the sky through the veil, which is really hard to do. Anything with like transparency and stuff, like being able to replace the sky behind something that's partially, you know, opaque. Yeah. Is difficult, but it, it seems so easy when he did it. It's like, oh, you just add another layer and you just like turn the opacity down and here you go. Wow. It's amazing. That is really cool. Let's see. Oh, uh, we did have a question on YouTube a little bit ago. Uh, have you ever used a red digital cinema red rocket X video card? So we did some testing from one of those years ago. I want to say it was like three or four years ago. Um, and what we found at the time was it was basically no different than just using a GPU. Hmm. Uh, because before, um, a while back, I think red, um, you pretty much needed one of those cards to accelerate decoding and debayering. So oh, turning okay. the raw sensor data into usable video and then also decompressing it because uh, all video codecs are like, it's kind of like a zip file, like it mm-hmm. compresses it, so you also decompress it. Um, and at that time, it was about the same as using a video card. And now, like, video cards have gotten so much more powerful. <laughs> uh, honestly, I'm sure there's workflows where it makes sense, but uh, I don't think it's most people's workflows, because those cards are, like, six grand. Like, they're expensive. Jeez. And, like, you can just get, you know... A, RTX 3090, which yeah. is going to let you do even like 8K multiple streams and all this stuff. So like, yeah, just use a GPU. That, that's that's our take on it. Again, yeah. I'm sure there are workflows where it makes sense, just not most. Sure, sure. Um, how easily can Photoshop? So Timo TT from YouTube is asking, how easily can a Photoshopped image or video be distinguished from a real image today? I know Adobe has been working on tools uh, to identify. Yeah edited videos or mm-hmm. and, and photos yeah yeah they have a couple of different things um i think it was a big thing at adobe max last year was uh all this concern about ai mm-hmm. uh and yeah deep fake uh, and all that uh, yeah deep fakes and you know even just like a photoshopped image mm-hmm. so yeah i know they're doing a lot of work with that there was something in photoshop about that this launch um I didn't really tune into it too much uh, because that's not something we usually have to deal with. Um, but I do know that Adobe is making big progress on that kind of stuff. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of other people. Like this is a whole field of study. Like um, if, if Don was on the stream right now, he's our HPC guy, scientific computing and artificial intelligence stuff. Um, he can go on a big discussion about this because it, it's actually super interesting what it, it is. It's basically you have all of this AI stuff that's trying to make fake things. Right. So just like that, uh, 
this is not a real person.com thing where it's, it's made up people. Um, and then you also have um, neural nets or artificial intelligence that is being trained to detect that that is not real. And it's basically, it's just kind of like a, an ongoing war between the two. Sure. Uh, the AI generating stuff will get better. And so the AI like detecting stuff has to get better, but then the AI generating stuff learns from the AI detecting stuff to get, make itself better. And so that's partly what is kind of driving a lot of this AI to be so much better today. It's yeah. not human. It's AI oh, yeah. learning from itself, which is super scary, but super awesome. Right. Too. So, what are the, um, um, I think Don has mentioned that they're like uh, adversarial neural net yeah, stuff. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Where they're, yeah, they're, where they're pitted against each other like that. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Because really, honestly, the, the fake person one, I couldn't. There were a couple There were a couple where like the guy's eye was like super weird. But yeah, there's those, a few where there was something in the background. They're like, that doesn't look right. Those looked legit. Like that was those were people as far as I could mm-hmm. tell. And that's mind blowing. Wow. Yeah. Honestly, the thing that I think makes it the most or that I noticed out of all of them, maybe it's just because I looked at like 100 of them <laughs> trying to find a couple that would be a good example, um, is everybody is too perfect i guess mm. like people are not symmetrical like oh one of my ears is slightly higher than the other or people's eyes are slightly different right. but all of those photos i noticed that like every person had like perfect symmetry oh or so like that that's probably one thing that like um, maybe things will start looking for like on those ai detection stuff is like do people look too perfect right wow which then for those really attractive people out there be like no you're fake <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that'd be funny you get like plastic surgery to look a little off just so you don't look <laughs> yeah. like a robot uh yeah that'd be funny weird so uh storm whisper uh stormy whisper on twitter uh twitch is asking uh, if money is no object what is currently the fastest system build for after effects cpu and gpu and then also how fast should the ram be for the best real-time preview experience uh best cpu right now i believe is a 3900 x i think it's or no maybe it is the 3950 i think it's the 3950 x um i mean it's like a few percent faster than 3900 x or a few percent faster than 10900 k so like i think right now for our after effects systems we're still using the 10900 k because it's virtually identical and the platform tends to be a little bit more stable and it has thunderbolt support so that's why we tend to use the 10900 k but if you're looking for every little percent probably the 3950 X for now. I mean, in a couple of weeks, the new AMD stuff is gonna come out and um, they've, they've been saying 19% IPC increase, which should translate to 19% like per core performance. And since After Effects is very lightly threaded, it should mean that it'll be about 20-ish percent faster than the 3950X. But I mean, Ooh. who knows? Yeah. They're changing a whole bunch of stuff in that, you know, the new CPUs. So could be higher, could be lower. Um, but if you're looking for the ultimate kind of stuff, you might want to wait that month. I think it's November 5th or something. Um, and so it uh, it's beginning of November, at least. Yeah, they did yeah. their paper launch. Um, so they've already announced pricing and specs and everything. Um, so it'll probably be those new CPUs. Uh, as for GPU, um, I mean, technically, it's going to be the RTX 3090 if, if money is no object. <laughs> uh, but I don't think you usually don't see any real performance increase once you get above. I want to say it was like a 2070 Super. Oh. Um, so oh. the 3070 should be launching soon. And I think they said sometime in October. So it's got to be coming soon. Right. And um, that'll probably be almost as good as the 3090. But 
again, if money is no object, yeah, do a thirty ninety. Sure. Um, would there? So, well, what what would be the benefit though? Like just a little, you're squeaking out just a little bit more. Yeah, that, okay. that's all it is. Just a little bit more, and I mean, GPU is probably something you want to over invest in a little bit right now. Like it's hard because, especially in something like After Effects that is so CPU heavy and so single threaded heavy, mm-hmm. um, it's hard to justify investing anywhere else because like it's going to give you tangible benefits now. Sure, but GPU is somewhere to invest in um, because of all of this AI stuff that they're working on, and that yeah. is going to be leveraging the GPU. Um, so like the rotor brush stuff is using the GPU a little bit. It's also using CPU single threaded, but mm-hmm. you know, as they add more and more AI stuff, a lot of this stuff is going to be able to take advantage of the GPU and the newer the GPU you have, um, like the newer cards have like tensor cores and stuff like that. So okay. if you're going from a thousand series Nvidia to a 2000 or 3000, it should be a bigger bump than like something like gaming. Oh, all right. cool. Um, and how about the RAM speed? RAM speed, I don't think it actually makes that big of a difference. Um, so writing to RAM, uh, so uh, I guess for people who aren't familiar, After Effects has this thing where you play through the timeline, so frame by frame, mm-hmm. and each frame when it's done rendering it, when it's done creating that whole frame, it stores it into RAM so that if you go back to that frame, it doesn't have to redo all of those calculations. It just like says like, oh, that's already in RAM. I just ah, read it. Okay. And so it's instant rather than having to take, you know, sometimes it can take you a second to render each frame or longer. Um, and then uh, when it's in RAM, it'll also try to write to the hard drive in the background whenever it can so that even when you shut down After Effects and it clears all RAM, next time you load up After Effects, it'll be able to read from the hard drive, which again is basically instantaneous. Right. Um, and the thing is, though, that the amount of time it takes to write that frame into RAM is so short compared to how long it usually takes to render that frame that it almost doesn't matter. So we've never seen any tangible benefits in After Effects of having faster RAM. So we always stick with um, what is the manufacturer recommendation. So um, on AMD, usually 3200, uh, Intel 2933 or 3200 or something like that. So we usually don't worry about going faster because when you go faster than what the CPU is rated for, it increases the amount of like instability and like blue screens and all that kind of stuff. So like, okay, maybe it's 0.5% faster in After Effects by using 3600 RAM. But if After Effects crashes like one more time every six months, is that worth it? Mm -hmm. Probably not. Like something you'd never notice versus that one time when it crashes right when you're about to finish this project for a client and then all that progress is gone. Yeah. So yeah. don't worry about RAM speed. Just yeah. get more, more RAM. <laughs> After Effects will never have enough RAM. Like the more RAM you have, the more frames it can store. And so oh, sure. it, it just the faster makes your workflow. So like we've had customers who want five, twelve gigs of RAM or even a terabyte of RAM, and there's not many who, who really sure. want that much for After Effects. But there's a few. Wow. Problem is at that point you have to get a CPU that can support that, which generally aren't as fast. For After Effects, mm. than something like a 3950X or Ry- Ryzen or 10th Gen Intel. Okay. Right on. Uh, another question from YouTube Fight SDG. He says, uh, "So my brother is going to college for film in the fall. What would you recommend for CPU, RAM, and GPU?" Uh, if you're going for a desktop, because I know a lot of people going to like college and stuff really prefer uh, laptops. Um, cool thing is now that GPU decoding that we talked about at the very beginning of the stream, you don't need to go Intel anymore. Right. So it's probably best bet to go Ryzen. Uh, use AMD, use, go Ryzen. Uh, 
whichever CPU fits in your budget, really. Like they've got pretty good scaling um, in like Premiere. Um, so yeah, I, I probably do Ryzen GPU. Man, if you can swing one of the new 3000 cards, go for it. The 3070 should be launching soonish and that's a lot more affordable. Um, so if you can do that, because that's got some really epic performance benefits are amazing. And again, GPU is just gonna be more and more important. So investing a little bit there will be great. Uh, RAM, I would probably say, try to get 32 gigs if you can. Um, 64 is great, but you probably don't need that if you're just gonna be in film school. Um, 16 is just a little bit low these days. Like, yeah, it seems like everything just gets bloated. It's like, you know, back in the day, what was it like? 128k of ram no one's gonna need more than that <laughs> yeah right whatever it was some insanely small yeah and like now we're like yeah i need 64 gigs yeah so Brilliant. ryzen uh, if you can wait for the new ryzens that are launching in a couple of weeks wait for them because they should be way faster probably a 3070 which should launch soon or 3080 if you want to you know also play more video games and stuff too <laughs> um and then 32 gigs of ram Awesome. You should be able to do that in a small, small desktop, small, small firm factor. I mean, if you want to go all the way down to ITX, I'm not sure what options there are for. I think there are options for Ryzen. Yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, there should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really though, the, the only- MATX mm-hmm. is probably the best way to go, just for space and um, expansion. Yeah, I, I've pretty much settled on MATX for all of my stuff. Like, yeah. ITX is just too small. Like, I like the thought of really small and compact, but then, like, it's always louder mm. um, because, like, the fans have to spin faster when there's less space for fans and, you know, things are just more compact. And ATX, it just seems so big for me. Like, yeah. ATX is great if you need, like, 12 video drives. cards and, like, a networking card and all that kind of jazz, but yeah. I don't need that. I, just, I have one video card. I'm using only M.2 storage now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I don't need anything big. Like, I, in fact, my case could really be a lot smaller because there's all this like hard drive bays and stuff. Like, I don't need any of that. Just get rid of it. Yeah. Give me M.2 and I'm good. Yeah, that'll be cool when when we get to a point where like, you, you don't have to accommodate for three and a half um, hard drives. That'll we're be cool. We're getting there. We're getting mm-hmm. there. Um, I know. I know. On like our stuff, M.2, we're trying to use it for like primary drives always. Yeah. Um, and I think it's like half of our systems ha- will have a secondary drive and half of those are just like another SSD. So like usually we can just use that as an M.2 also. Right. So it's really not that many systems still with three and a half inch. And I don't know. I, I still, I thought by this time, like large storage like that would be all external. Uh, so I'm a little bit surprised that we're still doing so much internal, but yeah. it's just because externally you have to go through so many extra controllers. There's so many more points of failure and compatibility issues and all that kind of jazz. So, right. um, but hopefully at some point, like I still, like th- I guess Thunderbolt is kind of this, but I still kind of wish that like we just had PCIe everything because PCIe <laughs> is hot-pluggable, hot, hot right. theoretically. So if we just had a whole bunch of like X1, like on the back of your computer, like you just plug something in and it's just like straight PCIe X1, like you don't need X4 for so many uh, things. But that'd be cool, huh? That's a thought. But yeah, who knows? Who knows? We'll do that because like, because oh, like USB controllers are such a pain, and FireWire oh, yeah. controllers, FireWire, like it's just like backwards compatible. Like it just works. Yeah, it's straight to your CPU. Hmm. But, I guess the problem is you have to have drivers then for every device. Oh, That's sure, it. sure. Because okay. it's not just going through a USB controller. Mm, I guess. Uh. <laughs> why I'm not an engineer with, like, Intel or Zeus or anything. Oh, yeah, right? Jeez. 
All right, let's see. Uh, oh, there's a mention of the 870 Qvo 8 terabyte drive. Yeah, didn't we add that to our product? I think we added that to our product line. It's Ooh. a cool drive. It's huge, uh, but the speed isn't as high, I believe. I think it's it's fairly slow for an SSD. I think what, huh. isn't it like 250 megs or something? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's Sh- amazing. Shows how much like I'm paying attention. Solid state. That's yeah, that's great. Let's see if I can find it. No, it says up to 560. There was something, and I'm gonna Google first. Well, I know I know Samsung's Qvo stuff is tends to be like. Uh, like fewer like read write operations possible or something like they don't they don't last as long or something like that yeah it's like a little bit of their it's kind of like their budget evos kind of yeah yeah they're, they're they're weird there's there's some special thing um man yeah i forget there was something about it where like i think maybe it like slowed down really fast or something like that so you don't get the full speed for very long which if you have an eight terabyte drive you're probably going to be copying a lot of data um but yeah i can't remember what it was or maybe it was endurance yeah that's what i think and i think that usually comes with those cuvos in general the endurance yeah but still, man, that's great. Uh, Eight terabytes and an SSD. Yeah, I mean, because SSDs have a lot of things going for them. Even you know, forget about speed. Like, and even, as long as like it's okay, as long right. as it's better than a platter drive. Yeah, great. It's like platter drives. Like they just have so much more points of failure. There's so oh, many yeah. moving parts. They're loud. They're especially like an eight terabyte drive. They're fairly loud. Oh yeah. And like yeah, they they're gonna fail faster and everything. And like. So yeah, I, I'm all for it. Um, I do think that this is probably pushing the envelope a little bit. I don't think there's going to be many people that buy it because of all of its downsides versus sure. just getting like, I don't know, two, four terabytes or something. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's not a bad price. Like was it B&H here is selling it for 900, 900 bucks for eight terabytes. I mean, that's like hundred bucks a terabyte. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Wow. Uh, oh, there's mention of a uh, eight terabyte M.2 by Sabrent is coming. I guess. Wow, man. Makes sense. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool stuff. That's neat. And, and we're getting the first like PCIe Gen four. Like, there's been PCIe Gen four, but I think like is it? I forget who, but like they're they're starting to be made by. Um, well, I think Intel has I guess a, more reputable <laughs> companies. Yeah, I think Intel has one. Um, yeah, I think the, the this for Gen four. Because yeah. that was actually earlier this year. I remember them announcing it. I don't know if it's available yet, but I remember them talking about it. And I'm like, that's kind of weird since there's no Intel boards that support PCIe 4 yet. Like, well, it's different, different departments and you know, yeah, right. Board space is different than motherboards and all that. But yeah, it is a little bit weird. But the thing I have with the PCIe Gen 4 drives is like, I don't know when you need it. When do you need 7 gigs a second read? Like... <laughs> When you have Where? it, <laughs> like <laughs> copy from like one of those drives to another, yeah, great, that's awesome. Instant. But- where do you need that? Like, what workflows actually benefit from that? I know, I know, there's a few. Like, I, th- I think well, sure. we had some customer that was doing like four drive RAID zero of like the 960 Pros or something because it was, um, I forget what they were doing, but like they actually had like they were processing a whole bunch of uncompressed video streams or something like that. They were processing okay. like a hundred video streams or wow. some, something nuts, and um, like they needed it, but like. That's one person. They were buying like hundred thousand dollar computers. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, oh, Timo has another question. Is, is hot SSD a problem for longer use? I think so. I mean, because any electronics, the hotter it runs, the more it's going to wear, the faster mm-hmm. it's going to fail. So, yeah, you, you definitely want um, to keep them cool if you can. Uh, M.2 or NVMe drives also have the issue of... Um, they don't, I think this isn't as big of a deal now, but they thermal throttle. So as they get hot, the speed goes down. Right. So the more cool you can keep them, the faster they'll actually be. You'll be able to have that sustain, you know, four gigs a second or whatever it is for longer. Um, most motherboards now for like NVMe drives, they've got a little heat sink on them, mm-hmm. um, which is usually good. Uh, the times where that's bad actually is if you have like a whole bunch of video cards, like we sometimes oh, do. Oh, sure. Because if you have like two video cards right over that M.2 slot, I mean, heatsink work, works both ways. Yeah. Like, if you're pumping off heat from those video cards, that's going to be, you know, you know, absorbed by that heatsink, and then it's going to be piped straight to that NVMe drive. So you do have to be a little careful with like heatsinks that you don't actually put it right underneath the video card, which a lot of NVMe, uh, a lot of M.2 like slots are. They're like right underneath the video card, which is that's literally the worst place <laughs> it could be. But usually, it's still not a big deal. Right. Most people, they're not doing anything sustained, like. You know, launching a game, launching apps, it's it's not using that drive to all that much, and you know, to do all that. Hmm. Well, that's good. Uh, let's see, we have a few more minutes. Just a, a few. Is there anything else you want to talk about or showcase from the Adobe Max? I think so. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff in Photoshop that's really cool, but nothing that like I really did anything. It's like, oh, patterns are better. It's like, yeah, that's great. That's really useful. But like, yeah, sure. Oh, interesting for me. Like Lightroom got a whole bunch of stuff. Um, Lightroom did get some performance improvements. Things that are really hard again for us to test. Yeah. Um, like slider performance. Like you move the slider, how laggy is it? Or you have a brush and you move the brush around, how laggy is it? Well, that's like impossible to actually like benchmark. So um, I, I believe them that it's faster <laughs> and it's better. And I've heard like anecdotally from like other people like, oh yeah, it's way better. So yeah. that, that's good. Performance is always good. Oh, here's an interesting kind of technical question from V2D on YouTube. If you have two NVMe SSDs, one for projects and footage, the other for cache, which one do you put under the motherboard's M.2 heatsink if it only has one? I suppose, mm-hmm. I suppose to rephrase, which one is more important to keep cool? Yeah, probably your cache. Because like your, your projects and footage, like it goes there, it's on your drive, and then like it just sits there like you're going to read it but you know usually reading like media like the bit rate on most uh, codecs like even like red stuff like the highest it is is like 200 megs a second which is a lot yeah. but that's like 5 or 6k red like most things like uh, like H.264 that people are shooting from like their cell phones or like capturing game footage or whatever it's going to be like 20 megabit which is how many megabytes I don't know not many like 8 <laughs> four, four megabytes a second. Like that's nothing. Yeah. And so that's not a big deal. Um, but cache files, they get constantly read to and written to like constantly. So it's probably a bigger deal to keep that drive more cooled um, than like your OS and app drive. Um, hmm. So probably that. Um, th- that's a hard question though, because on the other hand, like the cooler you keep a drive, technically the longer it should last so like oh. you don't want your os drive to fail well, like a time. cache drive failing honestly that might happen like because ssds have finite number of writes and cache files are like constantly writing right so like that those drives could fail at some point so but yeah that's probably the way i'd do it well 
I don't know. That's yeah. probably like a 50-50. You can really justify it either way. Huh. Yeah, I suppose... For performance, yeah. for performance, put the cache drive under the heatsink. For like system longevity, um, maybe do your OS drive under the heatsink. <laughs> All right. Tough. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I was thinking, I mean, just in like... Gut gut feeling would be cash, like you said, because it's like mm. you're it's a constant use sort of thing. But um, yeah, but it's constantly small files. It's not like you're doing sustained, right? So I I don't know if it would actually. Ah, man, yeah, I don't know. Fifty fifty. Yeah, flip a coin. Whichever one it is. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. So we're going to take this one last question since we're at our hour. Carlos Eduardo da Costa asks, do I benefit from NVMe speeds to work with sixty videos of virtual choir on Adobe Premiere? Uh, you mean like 60 at once? Like you're, you're doing the whole like... Like a multicam? Uh, not Zoom, but like you, you have a whole bunch of like thumbnails almost and you're putting it together. You know, kind of like how people are doing that kind of stuff. Um, for that, maybe. Um, I think the biggest thing you can do is uh, look at the actual bit rate of your footage. Make sure you're looking in megabytes per second, not megabits, because bit rate is usually in megabit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so figure out what it actually is in megabytes, because that's what like storage speed is is uh, recorded in. Multiply that by 60. And if um, that is more than 500 megabytes a second, then you're going to be faster than an SSD, so you'd need to go up to NVMe. Um, the one thing I do usually tell people is whatever that number is of the total combined um, bit rate of all your footage is, add an extra 50%. So actually it's probably more like if you're above 350 megabytes a second, um, you should probably go up to an NVMe and it'll give you a benefit. But if it's below that, like being able to read that data faster in Premiere than like the drive or being able to read it faster than you need to doesn't really get you anything. So there's there's no real reason to. And normal SSDs are cheaper, they're bigger. Um, they have less issues, it seems like. I, although I think, I don't think that's true anymore, actually. I think NVMEs are just as reliable now as SSDs. Um, when they first came out, they were a little bit higher failure rate. Hmm. But So I don't think that's an answer. I can just give you one off like this. You have to actually look at the bit rate of your footage, do the math, and figure that out. Still, I think I think you set him on the right path there. That's good stuff. So right on. Well, all right. So that does put us a little bit over our hour for the day. Uh, thanks, Matt, for uh, for the really cool demos. I'm really I'm really that was a lot of fun. That was really f- cool to see some of the the really fascinating stuff that Adobe's doing these days. Yeah, it's, it's a big up. This was a big round of updates. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about it. I like it because it seems more tangible. Like you can, yeah. you can see what they've been doing and actually play with it and stuff. It's 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 really fun. Yeah. So, uh, and thanks as well to the audience for joining us today. Um, it's always good to have uh, you know viewership and questions coming in. Uh, we do this every Wednesday and Friday. Wednesdays, um, our industry experts from outside the company, we bring them on to talk about their workflow and the the crossover from uh, or behind the scenes for their workflow and process and things like that. Uh, and then Except next week, I was just right? about to mention next week, <laughs> we're actually going to be having Matt's stream with um, Jason Levine. Jason Levine. Uh, so we'll be restreaming. Are we allowed to do that? We'll figure something out. Um, we won't Probably have, not. we won't have a workflow Wednesday um, because we'll be hyping up that instead. Uh, so definitely look, look forward for that. That's, I think that's going to be really fun too. Cause like, wow, man, we get to, be with Jason Levine. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Fridays, 
Fridays are like today. We bring in a member of our labs team to kind of give a peek at the you know cool new stuff like today, but also um, answer questions and get a little more perspective on the crossover of the hardware and software, like what that means for the folks like you who are trying to do this stuff for real. So um, thanks very much. Mark your calendars. Wednesdays, Fridays, 1 p.m. Pacific, right here on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. And uh, that'll be it for today. So thanks, you guys. And we'll see you next time. Bye. See you, everyone.